Welcome back to this episode of SwiftCast. This is episode 41. We're so close to 50. Yeah, we are. That'll be really exciting. And just to introduce ourselves, just in case you don't know who we are yet, or if you're just turning in, my name's Haley. I'm Ashley. And Steph. And we welcome you. And we have a pretty cool episode for you. So we're just going to jump right in with... Keeping Up With Swift. So Taylor just recently received five nominations for the ACM Awards, and those include Single Record of the Year for Highway Don't Care, Video of the Year for Highway Don't Care, Vocal Event of the Year for Highway Don't Care, and then Female Vocalist and Entertainer of the Year. So you're going to be able to vote for those starting on March 24th at acmcountry.com, and then the show will air on April 6th. I can't wait. It seems so far away. It'll fly by, though. We say that about everything, and then when it comes, we're like, oh my god, I can't believe it's over. The London shows seemed so far away when they were announced. Yeah, and now they're almost over. But I think she has a good shot with some of the ACM awards. I'm excited. Taylor also recently was just interviewed for the March cover of Glamour magazine in the U.S., and it is now on newsstands everywhere, so you should definitely go pick up a copy. There's some really gorgeous photos of Taylor. And if you're a collector like we are, it's definitely something that you're going to want to probably get a few copies of. Have you guys gotten it yet? I picked up multiple copies last night. I haven't, but I hope I will tomorrow. And like I said last week, it is, I don't know where Jill shops, but it is really hard to find a copy that doesn't have the corners all bent up. Swifty problem. Yeah, it's a... It's a big Swifty problem. I don't like my corners to be bent. Our last piece of news, Taylor has a new Diet Coke commercial, part of her sponsorship with them. And you can look it up on YouTube. It's uh, it's called Be Ready for Anything is like the theme of the commercial. And Taylor looks gorgeous in it, as usual. And hopefully that'll be on TV because they stopped airing the last one, the one with 22 in it, and I missed that one. I love that one. Every time it came on the TV, I got really excited. And now, sadly, that's all we have for keeping up with Swift. So now we're just going to move on to some mini-segments, and they're all Swifty problems. Yes, our first Swifty problem comes from at all to Meredith, who says, trying to cope with the fact that she doesn't make any more vlogs. It's true. It is tough. But we did have that really cute Instagram video of her in the airport when she was on her way to Berlin. Not the same as a vlog, but still cute. I think that that's, the Instagram videos are just Taylor's replacement for some of those longer vlogs because she just doesn't have time. I think she like would make and edit those herself, the ones that she used to put out. Yeah. And I just don't think she has the time for that anymore. Very true. Our next one is from CatLadyTaylor13. I'm loving that handle. Swifty problems. Speaking in Taylor lyrics without the person you are speaking to noticing. That reminds me of the on Ellen when Amy goes around and talks to people in Taylor lyrics and they never understand what she's saying. If you haven't seen them, you should YouTube them. YouTube them. Oh, I love that video. She's done Love Story and I Knew You Were Trouble and not, maybe some others, but they're hilarious. Our next one is from at Swift Love Affair. Swifty problems, being the person everyone looks at when someone mentions Taylor Swift. 
That is so me. <laughs> Our next one comes from at Swifty P-R-O-B-Z-Z. So Swifty Probs, I love the handle. And unfortunately, they have a Swifty problem. And that is having a scratch on your Taylor CD. That's a problem. That's why I have multiple copies. Yeah, me too. But when it skips, it's so frustrating. Very true. This next one is my favorite. It's from T underscore Will 33. The fact my little cousin knows all the words to Holy Ground and she's only five. And they hashtagged Proud Cousin and Swifty Proms. That's impressive. Some of the lyrics in that song go fast. Faster than a green light go, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Our next one is from at Brittany Swifty. What started as an attempt to clean my room ended up in a dance party when Better Than Revenge came on Pandora. Swifty problems. I think that's so much better than cleaning your room. Yeah. And that's all we have. So be sure to submit some Swifty problems to us. We also have It Feels Like a Perfect Night 2, and then finish that sentence, and your Swifty bucket list. And now it's time for our main discussion, which we're going to talk a little bit about the Glamour magazine and the interview with Cindy Leave. And so she starts out with Cindy going, this is your fourth cover for Glamour and you're only 24. I have to ask, do you feel like you're a grown-up yet? And she responded, no, I'm not finished making irresponsible decisions and blindly exploring and being curious about everything. Which I think is amazing because she knows she's not done making mistakes. And she's okay with that. It's just kind of funny to me because I she's talking about she's not finished making irresponsible decisions. But I can't really think of any times she's made irresponsible decisions. I don't even know what her idea of an irresponsible decision would be. I don't know either. I think it's probably like... Probably like not not brushing her teeth before she goes to bed. (laughs) I love that she's actually just saying that she's not ready to be grown up yet. And that she wants to continue making the mistakes she has and learning from them. Yeah, and she stayed true to that from the beginning. She always said, whatever age I am, that's what I want to be. When I'm 17, I want to be 17. When I'm 24, I want to be 24. So she stays true to her word, which is good. And really, when I was 24, I made some horrible decisions. But then she goes on to talk about Album 5 and how it's different and how she's going to be working with Max Martin and Shellback a lot more. She said it's going to be more than three collaborations with them. So that's really exciting to look forward to. Yeah, some people seem to be a little bit concerned about that. Yeah, people definitely have varying opinions on this. I'm I'm probably one. Of, I I like the Shellback and Martin collaborations, but I had to have some time for them to grow on me. It took a while for We Are Never Ever Going to Grow on Me, but 22, I loved it from the start. Yeah, 22, I've always loved. I knew you were trouble. I've always loved, but I ha- I don't necessarily go back and listen to it as much as I do some of the other songs on Red. But I also do think that even if she is having more songs with them, I just don't think she would put out an album without some of the, you know, more simple types of like acoustic and like more personal songs that she knows are the ones that mean the most to people. 
Yeah, I don't think people should be afraid that this is going to be exclusively a Martin and Shellback album. I'm sure she's going to have songs written independently. Hopefully she'll collaborate with Liz Rose again, because we know that those songs are always amazing. I, ju- I don't see her doing an entire album with only Martin and Shellback. One of the collaborators on Red that I really was a fan of was Jeff Basker, who I believe was the producer she worked with for Holy Ground and The Lucky One. And I was reading an interview with him recently, and he was just talking about how Taylor was just such a professional. Like He was blown away at how when she came to collaborate with him, he said some other artists that he's worked with, they'll come and sort of expect him to just do the work for them. And she came with a whole song already ready like, and, you know, actually like made his job easier and like worked really well with him. And then he also was saying how she was such a trooper that even it was during the summer and he had the air conditioning off and she was in the little recording booth, like dying of like heat for hours. And finally she was just like, can I come out now? <laughs> She was so determined to get the song done that she just, you know, she kept at it and she didn't even complain, even though it was so hot. Well, that's actually similar to what Ed said. He said she pretty much came with the song. Well, actually songs. They did more than everything has changed. And he said they were pretty much done already. I think that's how she works. So I don't think people should be afraid of this album not being Taylor-esque. I think it will be fine. And I also think, speaking of Ed, he said his new album won't have any collaborations with Taylor on it. So I'm wondering if maybe that means album number five will have some with him. We'll have to see. The next thing that I really love that they talked about in the article, which is a little bit long, so bear with me. Taylor goes, there's a huge amount of fictionalization of my life in the media, but my fans trust that I'm going to tell them exactly what happened. And I find songwriting much more romantic than a tell-all interview. And then Cindy goes, that reminds me of something else you said recently that I thought was smart. That it is sexist to criticize somebody for doing what we should all be doing. Encouraging girls and women to express their experience through writing. Let's talk about that a little. Taylor says, the thing people always write about me, which is almost cliche, is just watch out. She's going to write a song about that. As if songwriting isn't special, as if I'm living my life, which Cindy interrupts for material. She goes, yeah, it's like a trick I do. It's not simple to write a song. The hardest times in my life have produced the songs that have done the best. I've learned that I'm going to go through really high highs and really low lows. I don't always pick the right people to trust, but I'm not going to stop trusting people. Yeah, those are some really good quotes. It does always annoy me how people say, oh, she's just... She's going to write a song about this and she's only dating X person or doing Y things so she can write a song about it. And, you know, Taylor's aware of it, clearly, and it's just very frustrating. Which, of course, she's not dating them or doing these things for the material because you're not always going to get great material out of stuff that's happened. She's just living her life. Right. If she wasn't a songwriter, she would still be going out and meeting people and having experiences with people. So the fact that she is a songwriter doesn't mean that she's only meeting people so she can write about them. Yeah, I mean, music is about love. Music is about heartbreak. Music is about 
you know, life. And I don't get why she's getting all this hate because if she was just a regular singer singing about these things, she's not going to get hate. But it's because she's actually writing about it. It's annoying. It is. And this actually reminds me of that interview she did last year when she was talking about how she was worried about 2013 ending because it was such a great year. And the interviewer was like, oh, you know, it's it's like a breakup and now you're going to have to go. And she interrupted him. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to have to go write a song about it, right? And it was just so, I loved it because she was so just blatant about it and said exactly what everybody says about her. And, you know, I like that she just confronted the interviewer head on with it. Nobody makes fun of Taylor Swift like Taylor Swift. So true. I love that she says it's not simple to write a song. And that the hardest moments in her life are the ones that have done the best. She's putting herself out there, not knowing if it's going to be a success or not. But because she's putting herself out there is because of what Swifties love. And that's why we support her. It's not like you know, a breakup happens and then instantly that produces a song. Like, there's a lot she has to go through to get to that point to have that song. I think one of the things that frustrates me the most is she is so smart and so capable and writes these songs on her own since she was so young, but people still feel the need to hate on her for it. Whereas, you know, it's not like she's just having somebody else write the songs for her. I always respect artists who are willing to write their own songs and put themselves out there. I think their work means more to me than so a lot. I just don't understand why people have to go after her on that. When Cindy goes on to kind of close out the interview saying, this is an anniversary issue. What's your fantasy for say 20 years from now when you're 44? And she responds, Oh God, I'd like to have a lot of friends. I'd like to know how to make a good cup of tea. I'd like to have read a lot more classic books. I'll have a house with a fireplace. I'd like to be known as someone my friends can talk about their troubles with. I feel like that's a pretty attainable list. Yeah, I think she probably already knows how to make a good cup of tea. Yeah, I would think so. I think she's more thinking of um, how to make a good cup of British tea since they're really good. They're really known for tea time. I think that's kind of what she's going with. But I really like that she wants to have a lot of friends and having those friends be someone they they can turn to her for in times of trouble and everything like that. It just shows what a great person she is. I'm pretty sure all her close friends now would already say that about her. I agree. And then Cindy asks, And if you can turn back time five years and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? And she responds, You know... I would not give myself any advice because I wouldn't change anything. I would repeat the same regrets, the same mistakes, the same wonderful, beautiful, accidental triumphs. I love that quote. And it, again, it's true to what she's always said in every interview. When somebody asks her a question similar to that one, she says the same thing. I like consistency. You know, I, I like that Taylor wouldn't change anything. If she did go back and change anything, who says... That changing something, if she didn't put out a song, if she didn't say something this way, if she didn't do, like, an awards show a certain way, 
who would say she would have the same success now as she would have had. I think if she did change anything, it would backfire. So I'm glad she she wouldn't change anything. Yeah, and I think this quote applies to everybody because the mistakes you make in your past make you who you are today. So if you haven't gotten this issue of Glamour Magazine, go get it right now. Go. Right now. Like right now. Throw your iPod on in the car and go. You won't regret it. There's a whole bunch more to this article that is, it's a great read. And again, the pictures are amazingly beautiful. Like all her pictures. Yeah, the photos in this issue are really very pretty. She looks amazing in all of them. Can she just be on every magazine cover every month? We would run out of money. That's true. But it would be nice. <laughs> now to talk a little bit about the recent Red Shows. Alright, so as we know, the first two London shows, which we covered last week, were really awesome. At the first show on February 1st, Taylor had Ed Sheeran as a special guest, and they sang Lego House, which was so amazing. Go look up the video if you haven't seen it. It's the best thing ever. And then... The second day, on February 2nd, she had British singer Sam Smith, and they sang the song Money on My Mind, which was cool. And then on February 4th, she had a special guest, Danny O'Donohue, from the script, and they sang Break Even, which was also great. And then she had a couple of days off as she went over to Berlin after trying to lay down on the couch in the airport, which didn't go so well, but they made it there. So then on February 7th, she played, I think, was this her, was this her first time ever playing in Berlin? Uh, I think that's right. So as this was her first time playing in Berlin for German Swifties, she, of course, had to bring a very, very special guest to make it even more amazing. And I think that we were not expecting this at all. When she brought out Ed Sheeran again, and they sang his newest song, I See Fire, from The Hobbit. Yeah, I was not expecting Ed to be a special guest. In fact, I I wasn't expecting a special guest at all by the time. Because she wore her cute little Berlin shirt, and she came back after Sparks Fly. And usually that's when she would bring a special guest out. And when she didn't, I thought, oh, okay, I guess there is no special guest for Berlin. And then in a twist, after Love Story, is when she actually brought Ed out. I'm glad she brought somebody for them. Yeah, I was really excited. I love I See Fire. I think it's a great song, especially if you like The Hobbit. It's an amazing song for the movie. And they just sound so great together. I was completely blown away by that. It was difficult to wait for the video. I'm very thankful to Berlin Swifties who did great recordings of it. It was such a change seeing her performing a special guest song in her love story dress. Yeah, it was so weird. It threw you. It really did. Can you imagine if she brought out special guests for uh, like different parts of the show each time so we never had any idea when to expect it? That'd be so cool. And usually a lot of times people hear sound checks and they know, they can guess who the surprise is guests will be but I didn't see any kind of clues about any guests at all until he actually showed up 
Yeah, they must have like a soundproof arena or something. So after that, now Taylor is back in London for the last two London shows back at the O2 on February 10th and 11th, Monday and Tuesday. So by the time you hear this episode, those shows will probably be over. And we still don't know if that's the very end of the Red Tour or not. I don't think it is. I I saw a, a photo floating around on Twitter. Uh, Taylor's on Cornetto ice cream. And there's a there's a photo saying that you can win tickets to a show in the Philippines on June 6th. And it looks pretty legit. I think it would be hard to fake a contest-looking photo like that. But I just want the ice cream with her on it. I really want the ice cream, too. But I think it's only available in the Philippines and Indonesia right now. It's strange that they're already doing promotions for this, but nothing has been officially announced yet. Right. Like, I mean, it looks pretty legit, but I can't believe it for sure until I see it from Taylor or Taylor Nation. Exactly. And it's it's hard to believe that the Red Tour will still be going on in June. Because you have to figure if... If she goes with the usual schedule, she'll be releasing a new single in August from the fifth album. So to still be touring for Red in June, that seems late to me. Well, we'll just have to see. Taylor Nation still has not told us this alleged news. Yeah, I feel like it's been ages. I feel like it has to be this week. Hey, the 13th is coming up. Oh yeah, maybe it'll be Thursday. That's my bet. They'll announce it on the 13th. Yeah, I hope she adds more. If she is going to add more dates, I hope she adds a lot more dates other than just the Philippines and Indonesia. Because we were we were just talking about how the Speak Now World Tour had so many different countries. And Red has been her biggest album. So hopefully she'll add several more dates. And then there's still that, um, that Dutch arena that followed Taylor Nation that we were talking about last week. Right. It's crazy, man. We don't know what's going on. We just want to know. You know what also I want to know about? What happened to that guy who ran up on stage in London? Oh, yeah. I wonder what happened. I mean, I saw security take him away. But I wonder what happened to him after that. Somebody made a fake Twitter. It wasn't really him, but the handle was guy who ran on stage. I mean, it happened so fast that I really do think her team responded as fast as they could. Because in the video I watched, I counted from the seconds his feet touched the stage to the time that I saw her first bodyguard hit the stage. It was only 10 seconds. I can't move very fast in 10 seconds. And this guy had to have ran from sound booth to, to make it to this guy. And went took another 5 seconds to reach the guy on the stairs. And then another 5 to get him off the stage. So it lasted 20 seconds total. From the time the guy's foot stepped on the stage till he security escorted him off. I just really wish people would stop doing that. Yeah, I'm worried that they'll stop having pit for the next tour. Or if it is pit, they're going to have it not be as close to the stage. So it's going to be harder to, you know, get your hands out to touch her. Yeah, it's been happening so many times on this tour. I'm just worried they're going to make some changes. It, yeah, it didn't happen really in Speak Now that I can remember. I mean, there was the girls that ran on stage, but they were little. Or What happened, I think, for Red is that some people noticed that early on these people were trying and successfully got on stage, so it started a trend. And now we've had so many different instances of it that I'm just worried they're going to make changes now. 
It just, I mean, if they have to, they have to. It must be so scary for Taylor when that stuff happens. Right. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the majority of these incidents where people ran on stage this year, all during We Are Never. Yeah, it's always been during that song. Well, I guess because it's at the end and they don't want to get kicked out and miss the rest of the concert. Yeah, that's smart on their part. (laughs) And like I said, I feel like they saw this was working for people during We Are Never, so they figured, hey, it's worth a shot. There's so many clowns on stage. They won't see me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what people think. I would love to meet Taylor so much, but I would never do something like that, even though I know it seems to work. Well, it's not like she's like, hey, nice to meet you. Let's take a photo. Like, (laughs) at the most, you'll get a slightly scared and slightly confused smile from her, and then you'll be hauled off the stage. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good meet and greet to me at all. So I don't know why people keep doing it. I just wish they would realize that they are potentially ruining it for everyone else. And I would think that if Taylor's team is smart, which I know they are, that they would find out who those people are besides just hauling them off the stage, make sure that they never get in the pit or get to meet Taylor after that. I think I've read before that when you do something like that, you can get banned from the venue. Oh, I'm sure. But that doesn't stop them from going to a different venue. Right. Plus, I mean, it has to be a little bit hard to enforce, you know, a year or two years later. But either way, as much as Taylor has tried to be nice to these people, I know it must scare her so much, and she doesn't deserve that. So Swifties don't do it. All right, so next week, what do you think Taylor will be doing? Um, I think a lot of people are interested to see whether she stays in London for Valentine's Day. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people... Why would she be doing that? Why would Why would she want to be spending it in London? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be <laughs> interesting, though. If she does, then I'll have some suspicions. It might change my mind. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and Haley said she doesn't think swearing is actually a thing. Which, I'm not saying that I don't want it to be a thing. I just don't think it is. Yeah, I don't... I don't know how I feel about it, but I think Friday, if she stays there, that could make up my mind. Well, sorry to disappoint you guys, but I just read today that Taylor is dating Niall from One Direction, so. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> because he went to her show, so clearly that means that they're dating. Yeah, darn. <laughs> so swearing, swearing just can't happen. Yeah, I forgot that if you go to one of her shows, that means you're dating her. Yep. That's a shame because when Ed showed up in Germany, I was like, wow, you know, he flew to Germany with her and showed up (laughs) as a guest. That seems like a little more than just friends. He should have, like, dressed up and snuck into the love story scene just like he did for We Are Never in Nashville. That would have been so awesome. Especially if he would have been the one to help her out of the jewelry box. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be perfect. He could come out of the music box. I don't know. What else? What do you guys think Taylor's going to do next week? Well, if she doesn't stay in London, I'm pretty sure her valentine is going to be Meredith. Meredith would be a good valentine. Very dependable. All right. Well, if you guys want to tell us what you think Taylor will be doing, tweet us. And 
that's it for episode 41. So this has been Haley. Ashley. And Steph. Bye. Bye. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.